Hey everyone, thanks for joining us for this episode of Inside Ozadia. Uh, today we were talking about like cycle changes, turning rooms, turning sites, uh, preparing for your next uh, cycle, whether that's indoor, greenhouse, outdoors. Uh, what are the steps that you're going to take to ensure better success on your next run? Um, so, uh, Mark, what are some of the first things that you're going to look at when, you know, we're done with our harvest and we got an empty space, whether that's outdoors, inside? Uh, what are you looking at? Yeah, well, I mean, the first thing that pops to my head is going to be like cleanliness, pretty much um, getting everything out of that room um, that you can, right? Um, getting everything as clean as you possibly can. That's to, to stop any sort of like lateral transmission of pests or diseases, right? And I mean, you could go, we could talk more about, you know, what we mean by that. But um, I also think about replenishing nutrition, which is going to be, you know, putting you know, the nutrients that you just took out of the room back into the room, right? Um, and uh, I think also about, I guess, you know, infrastructure changes. This is the time where we can make big changes, whether you're talking about redoing your irrigation, your lighting system, anything large scale when we don't have plants in there is when we want to be moving, right? Right, yeah. Anyone that has tried to uh, make lighting adjustments or run duct work with uh, a canopy of plants underneath you and that kind of thing uh, can understand uh, the need for that that timing. Uh, so when you're maybe from a plant production standpoint, uh, you know, looking to go into the next run, uh, kind of like what Mark was saying, cleanliness in terms of your genetics and your mother stock. Um, are we starting with clean, healthy plants, whether that's from cuttings um, or are we starting with, uh, you know, reputable seed and making sure that seed is, is clean prior and uh, kind of primed, if you will, uh, both microbially and nutritionally, getting it ready for that next run. Uh, and then, like you said, Mark, the cleanliness of the space, especially indoors, uh, critical. You know, that's, again, the best time to be able to uh, sanitize all your spaces crooks and crannies get into those places. If you're able to come in with that pressure washer, uh, you know, if you have the capital, get a steam cleaning pressure washer. That way you can ramp up the temperature and really kind of turn this space over. Other things I've used in the past is like, this is also state by state. Not every state allows it, but um, to burn sulfur. Sure. Um, it's got a uh, high return entry in intervals is another time where you're going to want that 24 hours and no one can be in the space. Right. So once it's all cleaned up, um, depending on your regulations, right. Um, that's another really good, you know, for pests, mold, all of those kind of things to get those numbers down. But I agree hundred pasteurization is the way to go. Right. Yeah. Yeah. If, like I've, you know, I, in some regards would take that, that high temp, high pressure over chemicals, um, you know, because it's not as invasive on your infrastructure, on your tables, on your pipes, all of those components. Um, now, again, when blasting high pressure water, got to watch out for electrical and things like that. So again, you know, there's always that rule of making sure electric's always above water kind of thing in a space. Um, but looking outdoors, the same kind of practices should be employed, I think, in terms of cleanliness and removing crop residue, right, or properly incorporating it into your field, right? So um, kind of talk us through what you would do, Mark, if uh, turning over a few acres of an outdoor crop, um, and maybe the, the farmer wants to uh, leave the crop residue in place. 
Right. Well, um, I guess crop residue is difficult. So the first thing we're going to be dealing with with crop residue is the stumps, right? Um, so if you're going to want to leave those stumps in place to really start breaking down into some good soil organic matter, you know, which is a good idea, great idea, um, especially if you're working cover crops and um, inoculations into your system. Uh, but the thing that you really want to watch when you're when you're out there is to cut those stems nice and flush to the ground. I know it's difficult if you're going out there with saws hitting dirt, but you really want to get those nice and nice and flat because I mean they can pop tires, anything coming by, they're nice and sharp. Um, and then yeah, get I would say get everything out of the field, chip everything, right? And then you want to get it. You just want to increase that surface area as much as you can if you want to really. Uh, in incorporate without like pre-composting or something like that. Um, but yeah, I mean, as far as it's the turning over the field, it's going to be very similar to an indoor, right? Um, so we were going to want to put that nutrients back into the soil as well, right? So this is when I'm going to be thinking about doing like immediately after harvest, thinking about a soil test, right? Um, and then we're going to start getting bulk nutrients and start laying them out and incorporating them. Um, this is also when we're thinking about this is something we might, might not do inside, but cover cropping and companion cropping really when you don't have anything out there. And I'll say even additionally feeding that cover crop, you know, uh, if you could feed that cover crop, if you have the capacity over the winter, depending what, uh, or in the fall and spring, you know, it's just going to improve that soil health even more, right? Certainly, yeah. Building the soil in the off season is uh, just a judicious use of that space rather than keeping it fallow. Right. And additionally, one thing I did forget is you want to take all of that, like if you're doing trellising, I mean, whether with bamboo stakes, T-posts, you know, I mean, unless you don't, you have permanent infrastructure, um, you're going to really want to take that out of the field, especially any fields that you had issues in, pest issues. Like I know, uh, I, certainly bamboo stakes, people are still using those. They will 100% harbor tons of these little pests, right? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, if you are, you know, I would... I would recommend not using bamboo uh, over time in an outdoor environment, indoors, just because of the scale, it's easier to clean. You can wash them, especially if it's decent bamboo. You know, I have bamboo, it's going on 10 years old, but it's washed and cleaned and it's primarily just used on a very small scale indoors. Out, outside, you definitely wanna look at metal, um, those kinds of things that are going to, to just uh, be inanimate objects to biology, uh, essentially. Um, so that's great. And then like microbially speaking, um, in an outdoor setting, what are you going to look to kind of apply to recharge, um, like you, and you know, like nutritionally, we've just extracted a bunch of, uh, elements from the soil. What are you in a microbial sense? What are you going to look to, uh, supply to that soil, like rapidly to kind of get that, that life going? Yeah, pretty much. I mean, so for example, if you're putting, you know, a lot of stubble, field stubble out there, you're going to be looking for saprophytes particularly, right? We want to really get in there um, with any sort of saprophytes, both fungal and bacterial, anything that's going to start breaking down those like higher level organisms and start creating that, that, that food web, right? Over the winter. Um, and this is actually the, the additional benefit of having just a large, um, population, a microbial population in your fields, it actually, in some of our northern climates, it can, you know, keep the soil a bit warmer, right? Um, so it's not going down as low. So we're not completely shutting down. I mean, obviously, in the far north, when you get freezes, you know, all microbial activity is going to stop. 
sure. um, for the time, right? Yeah, that's a great point in terms of just kind of residual effects of that microbial um, life cycle, you know, generating that heat through, uh, you know, composting. So uh, that's a really good point as well. It's kind of like, um, like an orchard heater for the soil, you know, uh, like to keep that, that just, just enough um, so that you're not getting frost damage, right? Um, from the foliar tissues, it, the same sense can be applied to uh, soil at a certain latitude. Thanks for joining us, everyone. If you have any questions, you can reach out to us at info at Please like, subscribe, follow us on all our channels, and uh, we'll catch you on the next episode.